0: to the Friday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast, the best edition. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, and we actually don't have a ton of housing-specific data to get to, so we'll get to, at least we'll start with the little information that I do have. And that was good news. It is good news. It's mortgage rates are holding steady. The economy continues to give mixed signals, so mortgage rates are like, We're just going to chill. We're just going to hang out where we are. This according to the latest Freddie Mac weekly survey for the week ending September the 9th, they have the 30-year fixed, increasing only one basis point to 2.88%. And that was actually up two basis points from where we were the same time a year ago. So now we're getting to the point where a year ago rates were just at crazy lows and so we're probably going to start seeing a position where yeah a year ago rates were higher (laughs) just to give you a heads up not going to be the first time we see that now how long that's going to take with the 15 year I'm not entirely sure because right now the 15 year fixed was up only one basis point to 2.19 percent which is still down 18 basis points from a year ago Sam Cater, the chief economist over at Freddie Mac, said rates are holding steady despite economic indicators that would normally point to rate increases. He said in a statement, quote, consequently, mortgage rates dropped earlier this summer and have stayed steady despite increases in inflation caused by supply and demand imbalances. The net result for housing is that these low and stable rates allow consumers more time to find the homes they are looking to purchase. That is one of the benefits that people can say, hey, you know what? I need to buy a home immediately because rates have kind of been holding steady and they have been for a while. But. I don't want to lull anyone into a false sense of security. You know, with rates, you never know. All it's going to take is one thing. One really good economic report to convince your own pal that now's the time to raise rates. So, yeah, they have been holding steady, and that's great, but you never know. You never know when that, that pop is going to happen. Now, speaking of good news, we got some great news when it comes to jobless claims. So we all know at the start of the month, Last week was not that great. We had the jobs report come out. Huge miss. We were hoping for, what, a million jobs, 800,000 jobs, and we got, what, 250,000? <laughs> it was not good. But here's the good news. This week's initial jobless claims report from the Department of Labor was actually pretty darn good. It beats expectations. Initial claims were 310,000. A 35,000 drop. Yeah. It dropped by 35,000 claims from the previous week's revised levels. This is the lowest level since March 14th, 2020. And like I said, economists had projected a smaller drop to 335,000. The four-week moving average was down to 339,500. Also, the lowest level since March 14th, 2020. Now, continuing claims fell But they did not beat expectations. They actually fell less than economists had projected. Continuing claims were 2.78 million, only a 22,000 claim decrease, but... It was still the lowest level that we have seen since March 14th. However, economists were projecting a bigger drop to 2.74 million. The four week moving average was 2.84 million, a decrease of about 30,000, which was the lowest level since March 21st, 2020. So, some good news. All good news, I would say. I mean, yeah, sure, continuing claims didn't drop as much as expected, but we're still at the lowest levels that we have seen since really kind of when this pandemic started. Looking at individual state data, the states with the largest increases were kind of mixed, as always, Missouri, Ohio, New York, Tennessee, and Florida. And the largest decreases were California, Illinois, Virginia, New Jersey, and Oregon. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the continuing claims as these unemployment benefits have dropped off, what happens going forward? And the big jobs report next month? All these theories out there; these extended employment benefits are keeping people on the or uh, in the unemployment line, and we'll see if that's true. But so far, it. Maybe true. These initial jobless claims numbers dropping. We shall see going forward. All right, let's and it's kind of weird. We did this last time. The last show we did, we ended with bad news, unfortunately. Uh, so and with, well, I guess it's kind of good news because we're talking about the budget deficit, which is just, I mean, the amount of the numbers that we are talking about are just it's hard to kind of comprehend. So the budget deficit increased. To $2.7 trillion in the month of August. That according to the latest data from the Congressional Budget Office. Now here's some of the good news. This was just under $300 billion less than the deficit recorded during the same period last year. So, oh wow, it's... We were worse off last year. It's only $2.7 trillion this year. Uh, interestingly enough, total receipts increased by 18% to $3.58 trillion. We saw a 14% jump among individual income and payroll taxes and a 77% jump in corporate income taxes. So big numbers. But outlays increased by 4% to 6.29 trillion. And remember, we only have one month to go in the fiscal year. So we're we're coming up on the full 12 months. And yeah, it'll probably be less than last year, but we're still talking about $2.7 trillion. Now, refundable tax credits saw the biggest increase in outlays at 343 billion, and coronavirus relief fund spending saw the second biggest jump at 240 billion dollars just these numbers it's so funny cuz people talk about you know like taxing the rich and you're sitting there looking at the coronavirus relief fund is up 240 billion dollars i mean if we took all the money that Jeff Bezos we took all of his money we would only be able to pay for that program and we'd still need some more to meet the full obligation of the increase in spending <laughs> not even the entire program. <laughs> it's just $240 billion. Uh, looking at the big three programs, that of course would be Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. Medicare outlays actually declined. Yeah, wow. By 76 billion. And we only have one month to go in the fiscal year. So wow, yeah. Medicare in comparison to last year, may actually have a smaller budget. Amazing. Uh, Medicaid outlays, though, on the other hand, increased by $58 billion, and Social Security spending increased by $36 billion. So, of course, the big three were in the red once again for the year. <laughs> They're always going to be spending more year over year. Uh, the federal government in August alone saw a $173 billion deficit, which was down from the three hundred and one billion that we saw in July of two thousand and twenty-one, and just to give you a kind of a context here for August in twenty twenty and in twenty nineteen, the August deficit was two hundred billion, so a little smaller than previous Augusts. But these numbers—they're just—they're astronomical. It's—it's it's like so hard to like comprehend, like two point seven trillion dollars. That's what we're going to be. That's our deficit for the year. It's just uh. It's hard. To, it's hard to kind of comprehend a number that large. All right, you guys enjoy your weekend. Uh, have fun. Now, obviously, Saturday is a big day. It's the I'm sure you know 20th anniversary of September 11th. And in the companion newsletter that I send out, I uh, one of the things I like to do every year is watch the broadcasts from that day because it really just kind of helps you. I mean, What happened on 9-11 was just so horrific and it still is horrific, but sometimes you forget how shocking it was that day. Because as time goes on, you remember it and you're like, yes, terrorists are capable of doing that. But on September 11th, 2001, when the day began, we didn't think that. And so it was that much more shocking. And so I did post a link to the Good Morning America broadcast only because, I mean, I still watch it. I was watching it yesterday. And it still gives me goosebumps. It's there's a it's I think it's like four minutes into the video that I that I linked in the email. Like four minutes in when the second plane hits, and the audible gasps that you hear from people on the set, which you just never hear. I mean, you hear that like on other kind of shows, but not during a news broadcast. Like that's how just. Shocking it was. I mean, everyone was just like, oh. I mean, you could just hear the gasping. Oh my gosh! You could hear just. I mean, everybody in shock of what they just saw, and it really kind of puts it into context. And it's just crazy. It's been twenty years, but I did link it in the in the the newsletter, so you can check it out because that's one of the ones that I that I watch. It to this day. I was watching it the other day. It Gives me goosebumps. Still gives me goosebumps. I like just it puts me back into that mindset. So you guys try and have a good weekend. Of course, remember September the 11th. I mean, we're all going to be doing that, but keep it in context, but also enjoy the day. I mean, it's going to be college football, so enjoy the day as well. But you guys have a good weekend, and I will see you Monday morning right back here on another edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. And as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.